Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Magically Cruising, the cruise podcast where we share our personal cruise tips and reviews to help you make the most out of your next sailing. My name's Kira and I'm an independent travel agent specialising in all things cruise, Disney and North America and I'm joined by my fellow co-host. Hi, my name's Sarah and I write at Cruising for All, Cruising with Kids mini travellers and extraordinary chaos. Brilliant. And this week we've decided to have a chat around guaranteed cabins on cruise ships. Um, So we thought we would just give you a bit of an overview of what it means when you book a guaranteed cabin, what are the potential pitfalls uh, and what are the perks of it basically. So Sarah, let's start with you. Have you ever booked a guaranteed cabin when you've booked your cruise? Never. (laughs) I'm not brave brave enough. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and to be fair i'm the same as well i think my second ever cruise we downgraded from a fixed balcony cabin to um, a guaranteed inside cabin just down to last minute budget changes when we had to pay the balance and uh i dread i had i didn't mind it until we got on board and then the second i got on board it turned into the worst decision ever and i feel like that this is the way that conversations around guarantee normally go with most people obviously we've had emma on in the past and emma is the queen of guaranteed cabins um, and she's had lots of luck and she's had some bad luck as well, but she's happy to pay the risk to do that. I was in an inside cabin. I was next to the service door. So I had people, the cleaning staff coming in all day, banging the corridor. Um, and it was just miserable. So we did then pay the difference to upgrade then to somewhere else on the ship to get an ocean view to get away from that situation. Um, so there are definitely perks. It's cheaper. The downside to it is, yeah, you've got no control over where you're going. But should we maybe start by explaining to people what it means to book a guaranteed when we say guaranteed what are we referring to so it means that if you're saying you book a, a balcony guaranteed cabin you're going to get a balcony but it could be anywhere on the ship so you could strike lucky and there could be an amazing cabin left the likelihood is it's going to be the one that nobody else wants in my opinion but i might be wrong um and you could be near the officer's mess or i don't know next to a laundry or under a service corridor and you get what you you've got am i right no very much that's it yeah so it is ultimately the cheapest category so what you'll find pretty much the majority of cruise lines will have guaranteed inside cabin guaranteed ocean view guaranteed balcony and then some offer guaranteed suites as well and very much that's the idea it allows them to manage inventory and manage kind of pricing so the cruise line can kind of go great well we're willing to charge more for the more desirable location so everyone's different but some people prefer to be inside the middle of the ship because that's obviously where you're likely to feel less motion of the ocean some people like to be near the pool decks they like to be near the nightlife so those locations people are willing to pay a premium for them but cruise lines will also offer guaranteed because it means then they can kind of keep the price higher on those desirable locations and then for everybody else who maybe still want to get on board but they're not bothered or they just don't want to pay the extra to choose then they offer you a guaranteed cabin. But as Sarah said, then obviously those people who paid the premium to pick their location, you're left with all the other cabins. And it it is a gamble because depending on how popular that sailing is, if loads of people have booked and paid the premium to choose where they're going, you are ultimately left with the less desirable cabins. Equally, however, if the sailing hasn't sold very well or down to other mechanics like bidding to upgrade, then obviously those people are bidding away from those good cabins. You could then fill in one of those cabins. That's why they do it. So they can kind of, maneuver people around when they're filling the ship but that's that's the risk you take ultimately it is a case if you could be anywhere on the ship um and as i say we had a really bad cabin when we were on board them the disney magic on our transatlantic and the idea of spending 11 nights in that cabin didn't appeal to me in the slightest is there more danger with your inside and balcony cabins because i know that we were when we were booking a 
it was a cruise that we bought for next October and I did tour booking a guaranteed junior suite and I couldn't actually see a bad location yep. on my ship for junior suites. So are there bad locations for junior yep. suites and suites or is that less of a risk? Definitely. I think there's less risk in ca- in suite categories just because, as you say, there are less of them. So you're likely to have maybe 20, 30 suites on board and they're usually already in a desirable location anyway. So chances are for those lines that do offer, and Royal is a big one because the ships are so big, they will offer a handful of guaranteed category as well. Um, again, chances are those people who are going to pay for the premium will be in the ones that are closer to the suite lounge. They're going to be closer to the pool decks. They're going to be closer or they'll be further away from like elevators or things like that. Whereas guaranteed, you're more likely to be in that location where you're going to be probably closer to the elevator banks because people are going to pay, are willing to pay to be away from them. Um, you may be further away from the key amenities, but as there are so few of them and they're already in a desirable location, is less of a risk when you get into kind of that sweet territory and above. The biggest risk I would say is probably going to be inside cabins, just because inside cabins are always built in random parts of the ship where there is space available. So you've obviously got some inside cabins that are in great locations. So you kind of got cabins beneath you, you've got cabins above you and to the sides of you. So you're generally going to be in quite a quiet area. But there are also a ton of inside cabins that are also next to stairwells, crew areas, things like that. And you have no say whatsoever. And equally, you can't then complain, which I get quite a lot from customers as well. They take the risk and they will pay for a guaranteed cabin. And then when they get allocated about a week or two before they cruise, they then start complaining, saying, I don't want that cabin. I'm like, well, that's why you should have paid the three, four hundred pounds more at the time you booked it to not be in that cabin. Yeah. But that's 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 the terms of the fare, unfortunately. You have no control over where you're going and the cruise ship will allocate you based on the inventory available at the time the ship sails. So I have a strategy. And I mean, I suppose probably a lot of cruisers do do this. But when I book my cruise, uh, for me, a cabin's a big deal. It's where it is. Yeah. And so yeah. my strategy is no corridors next to it, no corridors above it, yeah. no restaurants above it or below it or bars yeah. and not under the swimming pool. Yeah. And that's my, and, but also not too near to lift. So it's actually, when when you look, it's easy to look, isn't it? And see yeah. the deck plans and they're the things I, I don't want to be above a bar. Or I don't want to be below the pole. And that's how I find my cabin. I don't care if I'm right at the end of a ship, actually, or right at the front. That doesn't bother me. It's what's around me and the environment around me that, that I really... So the suite we've booked for the next cruise, all the grand suite suites are near the lift, which I don't. I can't get my head around. Yeah, I'm not sure why that is. I think it could just be, and I need to check the deck plan to refresh my memory, but it's probably because it offers convenient access to um, Coastal Kitchen and things like that. The suite so lounge. Yeah. Probably an intentional choice by that. And again, because the suite lounge, there's more of them, there's less foot, pa- uh, sorry, there's less foot traffic as well then, um, just because obviously you haven't got as many cabins on that part of the ship. So you're probably not going to find the footballs, footfall even is going to be as busy. Um, just because yeah. Yeah, there's going to be for every one suite you've got, for, um, you've got maybe two or three cabins in the rest of the ship where you're going to have right. more standard cabins. And that's the thing as well, though. So some of the suite categories as well are, are, are kind of like built for convenience as well. So they are near key features like the suite only lounges or the suite sun decks or things like that as well. So there is that factor about it as well that some people like paying that premium to be near those facilities as well. So every, every ship is different. There's no one rule for every every cruise line. Um, just that's an Oasis class ship, which is already a, a huge ship anyway. Yeah. Because I think if you look all the way down that lift shaft on every floor, a suites all the way up, the suite lounges above it. So maybe that's why. Yeah. So if you was traveling with children, I mean, 
let's talk about booking cabins. We won't, I know we've got a whole episode on this, but you've got to book really early, haven't you? I mean, do they do guaranteed cabins for families? They do. And you do need to be really careful because I know MSC especially have this term, terms here, the terms and conditions. So MSC's guaranteed category is called Bella. So they have Bella, Fantastica, and Aurea experiences, and Bella is their guaranteed category. If you book a two and a two, so two adults, two children, it is technically within the terms and conditions that they can split you up into two different cabins as well. So again, they will give priority to people who pay for the four births. And if then when you get close to the sailing, all the four births are gone, they will split you into a two, three births instead. So, And it is in the terms and conditions. It's something I only recently learned about MSC. So I've had it confirmed by our sales manager and multiple people now that yes, if you book Bella, they're guaranteed experience and you book even a balcony or an inside cabin, they have the rights within the terms to split your family into two different cabins, may not necessarily be close to each other either. I know. That's <laughs> yeah. terrible. So you could so you bought one cabin for four people, and if they said all the four birth cabins, tough to you, you could have mum at one end of the ship and mum, dad at the other end of the ship with the kids that that's awful and it's rare it's so that's very definitely rare reason I've, not to book it 100 percent. yeah it's rare i've only heard of like two cases this year within the travel agent community where i've heard it's happened um but it's just something to be aware of that the type of risk you potentially could be put yourself in again that's an msc unique thing something that they do um so for a family if you are worried about that you do need to book fantastica experience which you can then choose where your cabin is if we call it allocated cabin so you can then pick where your cabin is. And again, unless something random happens, like a maintenance issue or something, that cabin is yours then for that sailing. So with Fantastica, that is it how much extra is it to choose your cabin on MSO? It really is does it vary. More? It's all yeah, it's, you can be. So obviously again, this always and we keep stressing this, it's always cheapest at the time you book. So the difference between Bella and Fantastica is a lot less when at the time the sailings first go on sale. And then those prices, because they use fluid prices, will just get bigger and bigger. So a Bella to a Fantastical will be quite expensive if you can find a cabin available last minute. Um, I don't have any guides just because it does vary, but you're looking anywhere between 20-30% more, I would say, for Bella to Fantastica. So for couples, not a problem because it's unlikely to happen. But as a family, it's just a word of caution. It could happen. It's rare. I want to stress it's incredibly rare, but it is a possibility. So it's just worth paying that. I just would never take that risk anywhere. And I like to know where my balcony yeah. is yeah. and or inside cabin, whatever you bought, window cabin. I like to know where it is and, and what's around it. Yeah. So I think that, and when you've got kids, that's really important because if you've got a service corridor above you or a nightclub, those kids aren't sleeping. That's what I was just literally, as you were saying, and that's a key thing, I think, to stress of this probably affects families more. Like couples going away, probably you're a little bit you know you sleep you can adjust your sleep patterns and if you go one bad night without sleep you're probably going to be cranky but it's not going to ruin your whole holiday but if your kids don't get sleep because you're near a service corridor or you're in a really bad location on board the ship or you're in a cabin that you know is exposed and all the all the things we've talked about about you know balconies being in, in less desirable locations it could ruin the entire cruise holiday for you because you're not getting the kids aren't sleeping which means you're not sleeping and then they're miserable the entire time so Again, it's all about weighing up the pros and cons. You know, the, the pro is is a lot cheaper. So I've got a customer who will only book guaranteed and she gets to travel a lot more because for every three cruises she books guaranteed, she can afford a fourth one with P&O. Um, so, you know, it can be considerable. We're talking hundreds of pounds or dollars saving by booking guaranteed over allocated. So there is definitely, you can underestimate, you can sail more frequently and you can get good value for money on booking guaranteed rate. But it, there are definite things to look about and think about if you are going to do it. 
you know that we had this conversation the other day when we was out for dinner and we were saying, when you travel, I want it to be a better quality than my home. Yeah. So if I'm going to worse, I just don't see the point of going. It's yeah. for me, it's like it's a treat, isn't it, going away? You shouldn't you so you shouldn't feel like, oh my god, I'm yeah. gonna have to put up with this. So that's why I choose to to choose my cabin because I know that I, I want to be able to sleep. I want I want to be able to Yeah. You know, I mean for me, walking miles doesn't matter because that's just exercise yeah, exactly. I can eat more. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> more time eating. <laughs> yeah. That's my logic. We were watching the pub the other day and I was like, I, I could have a dessert now. <laughs> I've heard this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um but yeah, so I don't I'm not bothered about walking, but I'm I am bothered about noise and sleeping. So that that to me is a bigger yeah, so I think with families, I think, you know, I know it's something we say all the time, but I think it's just really important to to book in advance yeah. because to get the cabin you want, to get the price you want, I just, I know people say it can be a late market, but I don't think yet there's ever a late market with families. I think- No, oh God, no. The years no. that we've left it to the last minute, we've never got anything. No. When you're booking for four, do it in advance. Yeah. So if you was, if, if somebody came to you and said, right, I'm going to go on this ship, um, this is- what would you recommend? So what would be your ideal recommendation for a cabin? How would you recommend they do it? Yeah, well, I always present a guaranteed price just because some most people are price-led, but I will always clearly explain the pros and the cons of that type of thing and just say, obviously, if you're worried about your location, then um, this is um, the difference in price to so have an allocated cabin type of thing. So I'll always present the two prices where I can. Um just because it's good service to give people the option. I don't know. So like, I can't second guess everyone. I would say the majority of my customers, and it varies by cruise line, I will say, choose guaranteed. So I think P&O, I get a lot of guaranteed customers. They will book the same affair yeah. and they will book, they're not bothered because the price is already really good and they're just looking to reduce that price. Um, and it can be quite a big jump. Royal Caribbean, I find a lot of my yeah. customers are a bit more discerning, so they're a bit more worried about where they're going to be, especially on the larger ships as well. So they, I will have more in-depth conversations about what matters to them. Um, so, you know, one customer was worried about motion sickness, so she wanted somewhere very low, so she was on, like, deck seven of Oasis. Um, of, it wasn't Oasis, but it's an Oasis class, sorry. Um, so she wants to be low down, central of the ship, so we kind of spent a lot of time going through and navigating where that's going to be. Um, same with celebrity customers. I find they're a bit more discerning as well. So, And it could be a myriad of reasons as well. Which side is going to be facing the sun for m the majority of the sailing? Obviously, got to try and work out the route of where the ship's <laughs> traveling in the world to try to work out. <laughs> I see you and Donna have had this conversation. But that's a big concern as well. I've literally about a customer who's booked Virgin with, with me now. We're doing from Portsmouth down to the Med. And we've had the whole conversation about the ship should, in theory, be facing south the majority of the sailing. So which side of the ship do you want to be on? Do you want the sunrise or sunset? It is something to consider. But again, Virgin don't have a guarantee. They they don't have a main guarantee anyway. They sell a handful of guaranteed cabins at last minute sale. Um, but in advanced season, anyway, everyone gets to choose the, where they're going. So we had a full on conversation for about 45 minutes about where to put her on the ship. Um, same with celebrity as do you want to, you know, the one cabin would have been close to the bridge. So potentially there's a chance of the bridge crew being able to see into the balcony. Does that worry you? Are you worried about that? Do you like that privacy or not? I hate that personally. If the, the captain can see into my cabin or into my balcony, I just, it just, I don't know. I, I know that's not what he's there doing, but I would just choose somewhere further yeah, away. Got <laughs> he has got better things to do. <laughs> do you get me? But it's just, I don't, I like to feel like I'm private on my balcony. So I always try and find somewhere a little bit secluded and away from, you know, the bridge overhang, things like that. But this is what, this is the point. Everyone's weird and everyone's got different things that matter to them. So I definitely try my best to find a cabin that's, you know, 
further away from the bridge and things like that. God, there'll be like reams of Captain Kate followers now, won't they? Being like, right, which cabins can she sit into? <laughs> but some people equally love that, though. They love the fact yeah, that they yeah. can sit in their balcony and they can wave at yeah. the captain when they're on the bridge on the bridge wing. So you know, everyone's different. Everyone has different priorities. So what for me would be how I didn't on earth. even think that was a thing. It's obviously on. It depends on the I ship design. But like thing. some of the balconies at the front of the ship, yeah. obviously you're going to be close enough to the bridge wing. So when the captain or the crew are on the bridge wing. Again, they're not doing it. It's not that they're sat there saying, look at Jill in cabin 461. Yeah, they're not going, oh, let, let's go and have a look and see what they're up to. <laughs> they're more going to be thinking, are there any icebergs out there? <laughs> but it is a possibility. You could potentially, oh. you know, have one of the balconies towards the front of the ship higher and you could have a view into the bridge wing, which some people love, particularly for manoeuvring. They love watching the bridge and kind of seeing the captain move in the bridge on the on the wing control. Um, other people don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of it personally. There is um, the new Royal Caribbean, you know, they were new the other year, weren't they? The sweeps without balconies. Oh, is this they're, on, they're is it I, the bridge, on, on Utopia, isn't it? They've added the new wing suites. So, I think it's a lot of the ices have got them. Yeah. I think they've put them on all, most of the ices now. And yeah, you can actually look in, you can see the bridge from them. Now, they look amazing, but and, and the new utopia ones have got the window that comes down yes. haven't they yeah yeah so it's that can't be at the front it is it's above the that bridge so it's on front. top of the bridge wing basically so that's how they've done it so that little extended balcony bit is above the bridge wing um so you're actually above the bridge and then that that window is with the extension of the wing is it's got to be on the side though is it on the front because you wouldn't be able to have it open yeah yeah no while it, you're yeah. moving so it's got one of the infinite verandas similar to what celebrity um edge series have got so it's got the glass like half window that opens up into making an open air balcony i can imagine it's going to be quite windy up there so it's probably not going to use quite a lot but no totally it is from there's my there's got to be restrictions on that because if, if you're going at a certain amount of knots you'd all be like that against the wall wouldn't you i would guess the, the captain has the power to like to turn them off he must I do. guess, but she, he or she must do. It's got because I, we once bought a princess cruise, got cancelled for COVID, but that was a front cabin, and a, a lot of the reviews said there were. It's, you can't really go out on it when you're moving because of the wind. But yeah, I like to sit on the balcony. I mean, I, I some days opt to sit on the balcony rather than go upstairs to the pool. It's just peaceful. There's a couple of things as well. So like, have a think about like navigator verandas as well. Disney call them navigator verandas, so I've adopted that term. But there, I know. Um, I'm pretty sure it's like Iona and Avia have them as well. So they're kind of the balconies where they're inside the metal bulkhead. So you've got kind of like a balcony space still, but you've got like a little porthole window yeah. within it. So you've got, they call them like metal bulkhead balconies sometimes. Some people love those, especially if you're doing cold weather sailing as well, like the Norwegian fjords or whatever, just because you can yeah. still sit outside, but you're a lot more sheltered. You haven't got a fully exposed balcony as well. Um, so I've got a customer who, again, he didn't book his he booked his first cruise with me, but already had one booked further down the line. Wanted the same cabin, but for the one he didn't book with me, but guaranteed and couldn't get that same cabin, he had to pay to upgrade because right. that is an allocated cabin because it's a preference. It's a preference to have that type of balcony. So again, cruise lines are clever. They know that when somebody wants to choose something, there's an extra price for it. Same ways with as well those balconies. You know, on some of the ships where the the um, the structure goes in or out, like they kind of get thinner or wider at different positions. But then that mm. leaves you with those slightly unusual shaped balconies that are like longer. Pump, yeah, we had those again. We had that on Odyssey. You could, it's totally possible you could get one of them on a guaranteed. But again, the guaranteed the the allocated customers will pick them because there's a preference of yeah, I've got either one that's facing the the direction of travel, so it's. 
you know, a bigger balcony facing the direction we're going, or you're facing backwards to the after the ship, and then you're sheltered from the wind as well, because you've got a bigger um, balcony you can sit out and see the ship type of thing. They are a premium, and people choose to pick those unusual or quirky cabins. Um, and these just come with learning the, the layout and the tricks of the ship. If this ship has a particular cabin in a certain place, that's a bit different shape than others. That actually, we so when we booked the last cruise, we 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 requested a hump and never got it. So I was a bit miffed about that. Thought we'd paid for it, um, but then when we booked Odyssey, we because we were getting too inconnected, we had one on the hump. So because then we opened them up, it meant we had a really big balcony space. So if if you are a family booking two cabins, that is a really good tip to get a hump balcony next to one that isn't a hump because it does give you a lot more space yeah. and i will say as well with royal the majority and I, i'm sure there's bound to be a couple of um rare occurrences but the majority of interconnecting are all allocated so you do have to pay for an allocated yeah. to guarantee that you have an interconnecting yeah, you don't. um yeah. so that's another thing to think about as well and these are all the, basically the best way to look at it is if there's a premium or if there's a demand for it then the cruise lines will charge a premium of then sell guarantees to fill in the gaps around those those premium cabins a lot of this as well is going to be dictated by the itinerary you're choosing as well because if you're going somewhere where you know you're doing a lot of days at sea maybe you're not going to be as bothered um whereas if you're going somewhere like alaska the norwegian fjords or you're sailing into ports that maybe you know you've never been to before um making sure you're on the right side of the ship to kind of get the best view is going to be a big deal to you as well. I know when we planned our honeymoon cruise, we actually got a recommendation from my friend who works at Disney of what's the best side of the ship to be on, especially if we want to face into perfect, uh, not perfect day, sorry, into Castaway Key. So he helped us navigate to kind of the right side of the ship so that when we pulled in, we, uh, the ship reverses in. So we would have been on starboard side. Um, so we would on the starboard side of the ship to then face into Castaway Key. So when obviously you wake up, you've got that excitement of seeing the island appear and all that type of stuff. Um, but again, it's a premium for it because you're having something that, you know, you've chosen where to go on the ship. Whereas guaranteed could have been anywhere. We could have been the other side of the ship and wouldn't have had that amazing view in the morning getting into perfect. I, I keep seeing perfect day Coco Cay, like Royal Caribbean has dominated my mind. The private islands in the Caribbean. Yeah. Sorry, I've cast away key. Just cause I think it's the best one, even though I've not been perfect day, but, I know I've not been, but I once went on another private island and just spent all my time looking across thinking I wish I was on that one. That looks better. It is incredible. Yeah. And again, we keep frightening. This is one thing we keep saying. We're going to do an episode on either Perfect Day or just private islands in the Caribbean because there's so much to talk about. And that's something I've never really thought about because on our last cruise, our last NCL cruise, we we were actually on the side that we saw Port every day and it was quite nice. Like, I mean, one day we sort of had to do a bit of an axis turn and pull in and it was it was quite fascinating where our friends on the other side of the ship didn't see any of it but that wasn't a, a specific choice that was just we chose the cabin based on what we thought was the hump that was next door um but all different factors that and that wasn't one of them but obviously for our transatlantic it's turned out that we were on the sunny side so I suppose then that's a bonus <laughs> but you're going to get it at some time of day aren't you because the sun goes like that so surely you're going to get it on. Yeah, funny thing about the sun moving. I saw yeah, I had the, so... had the conversation with this customer. We spent hours chatting about like which side of the sun the ship's going to come up on this. And I'm like, yeah, but the ship, A, the ship moves. So you're never going to guarantee like it yeah. may not always be port side to land. It could be starboard side to land if they've got to reverse in. So I don't know. And they don't tell us that type of information when you, when you book in. Yeah. Um, but equally, as you say, the sun moves through the sky. The ship can change direction to avoid something. So even though generally the ship should be going, you know, not um, heading south, got to pull in at some point to get into land or to avoid, you know, other shipping lanes and yeah. things like that. So 
it's never an exact science, but yeah, you can use a bit of common sense to kind of roughly go, in theory, this is what should happen. And do you know what, though? There's sun everywhere on the top deck. So for me, sometimes I just go to my balcony to escape and just to sit in the shade and cool down. So that's, and obviously I'm not a sunbaber. Well, I like to sunbathe, but I don't want to get sun on me. Same. (laughs) No, same. Absolutely the same. Yeah. Factor 50, straw hat, glasses. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're the same as well. I I actually think I prefer it when my balcony isn't in the direct sun. I like to feel it. So I like to be, and again, I just keep using virgin as my reference because a virgin has quite a, a big overhang on the top. So if you take one of the higher balcony right. cabins, then generally your cabin tends to be quite shady, but it feels shady because you've got the overhang over you. So I tend to kind of gravitate towards like deck 10, 11 territory because then you're further away from the overhang for the pool deck, but then just enough. So again, you're still going to get the shade because obviously you've got the other balconies above you, but you're not in the overhang where it feels like you've got this almost like a sun visor in the car. You know, when you put the sun visor down and it's just less light coming in, that's what the upper decks of virgin half basically because the overhang so it's just again little things you've just learned right. by doing these ships more and more and that's what when you started out cruising and uh somebody had put in the group the other day and it's just so daunting because where do you cruise uh-huh. what ship do you go on um at, what do you wear where's your cabin gonna be there's just so many how do you get paul what are you doing paul it's just because it's not even though it can be all done for you, there's a lot of thinking involved. It's like doing Disney, I think, doing a cruise. You've got to think about all these things. And that's, I suppose, why it's really good to have an agent and not just go online and book something. 100%, because yeah. you could get anything. And we're, we're, and once you book them, it's very difficult to go back if you make a mistake yeah. or if you're not happy with something, it, it, that you get charged for changing stuff now. So, you know, every decision that's wrong, you've got to pay for. So if you go to someone that acts absolutely knows what they're doing then that just takes the pressure off i think personally and obviously i'm biased because i agree with you so thank you for that <laughs> um but it's it's, it's very you much know? that like you know we are told quite a lot by clear of you know if you get the first someone's first cruise wrong you will ruin cruise for them entirely um and totally there are you know that everyone's different so and it's why i get a little bit um hesitant about facebook groups they're fantastic for sharing information 100 but Never, ever take somebody else's preference as gospel. And this is the big thing that's so important. Of you know, somebody will yeah. say to you, like, oh, inside cabin is not a problem. I've never had any issues, blah, 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 blah. All it takes, though, is for you to have your first experience be a bad experience and inside cabins are ruined forever. That's what happened to us. We had one bad experience with inside. I will never risk it ever again. It's even when I speak to customers, I stop myself to kind of go, my preference is... And I personally do this, uh, but I play devil's advocate of going, but if you're not somebody who likes that, that won't be relevant to you. So it's just about, you know, trying to get to the bottom of what is right for the individual, as you say, type of thing. It's, yeah. What are you looking for? What's the key thing for you when you're on board? Do you need closer sure. to the kids clubs because you want to be able to drop the kids off first thing in the morning and then have the rest of your day to yourself? So you want to make that as easy as possible. So that's the priority. Whereas somebody else doesn't have kids and they're saying you want to be on a high deck by the pool deck. That's not going to work for you if you want to then have to go down four or five decks to get the kids dropped off every morning. That'll drive you crazy by day four. So it's just about having that conversation. And again, I think travel agents, I know I am one, so I'm going to sing my own praises, but that's where they're fantastic for helping you work that out and navigating that type of where's the right place for you? How are you going to use the ship? Are you somebody who likes to snack late at night? So you're going to want to be closer to the buffet so you can kind of run out and grab a late night snack and not have to walk all the way back to the front of the ship on deck three type of thing. 
it's just navigating that conversation and having a bit of a think about how you use the ship and everyone uses the ship differently. So don't take, you know, someone on Facebook's opinion as possible. Unless you're on some, is it Sun, Sky, Princess, Sky, Sun, Sun, Star? I don't know, I'm getting confused with all the blooming names. <laughs> the new princess ships, Sun and, uh, Sun and Star. That's it, that have moved the buffet restaurant. I just think that is genius yeah. to a lower deck. For families, it's just genius. Yeah, definitely. I think for everyone. And and I still think you're not going to get wet people in the buffet restaurant, which puts me off. 100%, yeah. Wet people wandering around. Can't stand it. So, yeah, that's a really good... Re- I, I just think it's a genius move. Yeah, I think it's great. And I, it sums into that category as well for those people who like to get late-night snacks or like to do munchies or you've got little ones. And again, you don't want to be carting your kids across the ship every morning for buffet. Again, these are all things you need to think about, basically, of what's your pain point and what do you need to worry about when you're booking a cruise but yeah and every ship's different as well every single ship every class of ship every brand is different they all have little nuances to them all so again that's why you need to kind of i'm not trying to put people off and say you need to be worried about when you book but you just need to be mindful of all these different things when you are thinking about planning a cruise before you then get into itineraries especially if you fussy and i am super fussy like i want my room to be clean it's not fussy actually it's just expecting to get what you pay for you know clean room bedding changed clean bathroom and all the all the things that you get on a cruise that sometimes i've just recently been in the land hotel and my room wasn't clean i went out and said i'll come back when you clean it because I'm not staying in it so but you, you on a cruise i think you get less of that but you've just got to make sure that you understand the con- what what you've got to book how to book it if i i know we'll do a whole episode on tips but just a really good tip for me which sort of relates to cabins and food is don't go for breakfast on your first day, even if you have to pay for it, book it in your cabin. Because I think the first day of breakfast just gives me the ump. It really, really gives me, it just makes me angry. Yeah, because I think, and it's not, no one's doing anything wrong, it's just too busy. <laughs> and everyone's fighting for food. You can't get near the, you can't get near, I don't know, it, the scrambled eggs or, and it's just a nightmare. The queue is 10 miles long for coffee. So we always book it in our cabin because I think then I'm going out and I'm relaxed and everybody else has been fighting over buffet but that and anyone that i talk to I, that's that's my top tip is avoid the buffet on the first day get your food in your room even if it's six dollars or whatever it is to pay your trade charge do it see i wish i could get phil to do like breakfast in room but he's so fussy it's like i don't know what i want in the morning so i just i don't want to order it now when i order it i want to you know when you've got to order the, the breakfast the night before then he's worried about gluten-free and all that type of stuff so i desperately keep saying like can we just have like that romantic experience of breakfast on the balcony and <laughs> will not let me do it then the one time we did do it on virgin we got absolutely off our trolley <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the, breakfast, the breakfast turned up and i was still drunk and the breakfast turned up i just put it in the pile yeah, of the corner and just went back to bed and i was like that one time <laughs> do you know our last two cruises i don't think i think we did it every day really i probably I mean, would just, uh, they were both a, it was small charge but what's is nco a charge I think breakfast in most Royal is, you- breakfast is usually included and then it's a charge for everything else, usually, but it varies by line. I think, uh, Royal, you pay a charge for cook, I think, dear, on top. Yeah, but you pay a charge. So we just paid the charge because I like an omelette. So I just ordered an omelette every day, Chris had bacon or whatever he had. Um, but it was worth paying for because it all come. And I mean, would, like the first day you get one pot of coffee and you realise that we probably need three. Um, and they, but they bring you what you want and then you've got you sat and because we like quite like to chill in the morning we're not up and out people we want to sit on the balcony then you sat 
having coffee, especially with two adult, well, they're not teens, they're, they're not getting out of bed early. So we're on our balcony having a coffee. We've had our omelette. They've got fruit because they're not going to wake up in croissants. And it's for, for seven ninety five or whatever it was, dollars, we just did it every day. It was worth it. It's, it. Everyone's different, isn't it, type of thing. I would do it more if it wasn't. And I get Phil's concern. It's, it's the gluten-free element of it type of thing. And there is generally for him. And again, Virgin's our main cruise line that we sail. There is a lot more choice if you do get up and go to breakfast. Their menu their menu's good for room yeah. service. But there's like things like gluten-free bagels and all that type yeah. of stuff. He can just go and make his own breakfast. So I, I get where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, but I would just very much love that nice romantic balcony experience. Yeah. Oh, it's there. lovely. No, no, and no. One day, gluten-free toast, gluten-free toast on the menu, and they bring you. Yeah, I think, I, like so I say, they do it's bring just it if you their, ask for it. their their galley um, choice is considerably bigger than it is on the room service menu. Yeah. Um. So we yeah. have done it. I you can well, get like yeah. bacon, eggs, and all that type of stuff. Totally, but. I get where he's coming from. His options almost quadruple if he gets up and goes up to the galley type of thing. And also, like I say, we're so yeah. bad on Virgin. We're normally drunk most nights until 3, 4 in the morning. So we're really up in time to order room service. So I'll be candid. We normally go for like early lunch <laughs> for by the time we get up for breakfast. Yes, brunch. <laughs> yeah, we're really bad. Like day one, we as you say, day one, we're normally up and keen. That's what holidays are about, chilling. We do keep saying it. We're just like, we Go won't on, get we- too drunk this day, Lynn. We won't get too drunk. We'll just take it easy type of thing. You know, no, not at all. First night in the nightclub, four <laughs> in the morning. Because <laughs> we're only then going for all night breakfast at like four in the morning type of thing with a load of the other party people who are like, in the nightclub, open back up again. Uh, that's one thing I've never done, gone to for a midnight buffet. Never done that. Frequent, frequent. I'm, bi- I'm... I've gone for... A- Going for pizza at, at Sorrento's, yeah. but then that's not the buffet, is it? And the boys used to love that, would go to Sorrento's, but then I'd grab a coffee while they were having yeah. pizza and donuts before they got in bed. Yeah, I'm partial. I, I get midnight munchies quite a lot. And when I'm at home, I, I discipline myself of kind of like, no, 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 that's how you, so you gain weight, don't do it. Cruise rules, full in force. And if I can get a snack to take back to the cabin yeah. with me, I think it's just become habitual now that I have to have something either before bed or on my way to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just hand yeah. fisting food and again it was really bad on like Princess and Disney especially where you can order room service for free 24 hours a day so bad for going back to the cabin and they're in the room service menu and I send me food please and they'd have to stay awake for an hour while you wait for your food probably not the best cruise habit to have yeah. but on holiday in it you're probably the sole reason they're charging I, for it I'm scared <laughs> I'm the princess we're just like that guy ordering burritos like and I was so bad the one night as well that I ordered them. They arrived. I was like, oh, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I ordered them again. So they had to send another patch out to me because I was like, really enjoying it. Oh, God. Yeah, I am part of the reason why everyone now has to pay to have um, Ocean Now activated in your cabin, not Princess. I know that Joe's going to love it on, I don't know, we're not in a suite then, are we, on, on the uh, next sailing? But he does like a bit of room service, Joe. So uh, boy, I think they do at that age. I think where me and Chris are, like, apart from breakfast, then we'll, I'd like to go out and walk somewhere to have a look around and choose something. And um, but yeah, he'll probably have a field day. But what is it? Seven ninety five a tray charge. It's it's not that bad, is it? Yeah, and, and again, it, it does vary by cruise line. Cunard's is included. It's uh, complimentary. Disney's is complimentary. Things like Virgin, they charge you five dollars regardless, type of thing. But if you order something that is worth five dollars, like if you order a can of beer or a pre made cocktail or something like that. Again, you don't pay the fee for that drink type of thing. It goes towards that fee. So there's just a minimum of $5 or spend $5 or more and get it for free. Um, so again, check every cruise line. They're different. I know Royal and Celebrity, they do charge a tray fee for everything, as we've said earlier, other than Continental. 
I hope, guys, that's again. We've gone off off topic as we usually do, but I think we've just given you. <laughs> <laughs> like we're just planning into the schedule now. What's for we, a change? What should we go off change. topic about this week? But <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think it's important to factor in. Like I say, cabins are such a big part of why you book your cruise. So it really is important to make sure that you are comfortable and happy with the decision you're making. I'm not saying that guaranteed is the wrong choice. It's just me and Sarah both personally. I think we can both confidently say it's not the choice for us. But I think it's because we've cruised quite a lot and we've had some of the pitfalls and we know what we would like. Equally, you you know, Emma was on the podcast um, a few months back now as well. And she regularly sails inside cabins guaranteed. And she said herself, like, she's a unique person in the case of she can sleep when there's next to the disco type of thing. She's been in cabins by the disco and she's had no problems because she can sleep through that noise. And again, these are just little things you need to think about. If you're somebody who's a light sleeper or you're worried about, you know, heavy football, football, football traffic or things like that, then maybe guaranteed isn't the right thing for you and unfortunately paying that little extra I say a little extra it can be quite a lot extra but paying that extra to have an allocated cabin will make a massive difference to whether you enjoy your cruise or not so just keep that in mind type of thing if you're someone who can sleep on a bus you'll probably be fine in, in a guaranteed cabin so nothing else then there's no bad place for you but I'm I'm a light sleeper I'm a particular sleeper so I definitely have to pay that premium to have allocated cabins I feel like you're the same as well Sarah yeah I don't I don't see it like that funny enough because I don't see it as paying extra I see it as when you book a cruise you're part of the book in the cruise thing is choosing your cabin so I see it as if you don't mind you can get a discount I don't see it as paying extra now that's not my positive brain but to me if I book anything I book I want to choose the room so yeah to me it's if I want the discount, then I can I can do that, but I don't want to do it for the discount. It's a better way to look at but, it, definitely. You know, if you're going to get your preference, well, and that's how I see it. It's a perk at the end of the day. Choosing where you want to go on the ship and having your your perfect location is a perk at the end of the day. And cruise lines know that there's a premium for that. There's there's people who are willing to pay that difference. So mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, it, it's not for everyone. But you know, either either option, guaranteed, is not right for everyone, and allocated, is not right for everyone. But it's just something you need to be no. aware of. of the potential downside pros and cons for both situations so guys we are going to be taking a short break for about three or four weeks after this episode so um just because i'm away on board virgin voyages for two weeks and then we're just going to take a short break as well then just to do some forward planning for our future episodes and just to make sure the schedule fits in over the winter months if you have any ideas of episodes you'd like us to chat about then definitely drop us a message on social media we'd love to kind of take on board what you want us to talk about that would be a really um, interesting for us to do um, but if you are looking for an episode next week and there isn't one, it's because we've taken a break just for a couple of weeks, but we will definitely be back. So don't panic. We will be back chatting randomly about cruise ships soon. Um, but yeah, look forward to that in the future. So guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, we definitely would love it if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. It just helps those platforms know you're enjoying it and we'll recommend it to other people. Equally as well, if you're watching this on YouTube, we would love it if you could give us a follow, like, and a subscribe, like all the trendy YouTubers are saying. Again, just helps YouTube know we're out there. Um, if you are interested in ever booking a cruise, then you can find me online under magical-traveler.com. I would love to help you set sail. Um, or I'm on all social media under magical-trvlr. And then Sarah, I know you've got a ton of content on your website about cabins, different cruise lines. Where's the best place the guys can hunt that down? So we'll drop some links onto the podcast for um, a few tips and hints for booking cabins. But you can find us on cruisingwithkids.com. Brilliant. Other than that, guys, we hope you've enjoyed and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.